All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special edition of The Card is Going to Change. Uh, no moderator of sorts. He's been kicked off this week. Uh, this week, we're going to do uh, a little something, I guess we can call it a promoter's cast, uh, so to speak. I'm joined by uh, Mikey Blanton of Black Label Pro. Hey, guys. What's up? And, uh, you know, we're, we're sitting backstage as the AIW tryout is going on and uh, you know, they're going over some basic stuff. And I said, well, you know, we're, we were having this conversation out there. And I said, well, we might as well just go back and podcast about it because, uh, you know, we we're just kind of talking shop and, you know, going over various different uh, fears and things uh, promoters often worry about. So uh, I figured I'd just plug in the mics and we'd uh, see where this would go. Yeah, this is kind of a promoter's nightmare in a way. Like not necessarily bad. It's just really scary thing to do we're both doing it so it's kind of cool that we could talk about it yeah so uh the the big thing that you know we're both kind of uh leaping into is the wrestlemania weekend uh coming up for the collective in april and uh it's definitely a terrifying step i think for any of the promoters involved would you agree oh yeah for sure it's i mean like i haven't even been running for two years yet so like this is a huge step for me, but I, I think I'm ready. I hope I'm ready. Uh, you know, I've, I've been doing this for a long time, and I don't think that I'm ready. But it's, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta go for it and kind of, uh, you know, I always compare being a re- uh, independent wrestling promoter to to gambling, like, uh, with with way with way less kind of payoff. Uh, it's, you know, there's you kind of bet on yourself to make such a minuscule amount of money. But, you know, this is, this is a gigantic gamble because this is, um, you know, probably far more expensive than any of our shows that we'll do probably ever. Yeah. And you're, you're kind of the same way I am with this type of stuff is like the biggest critic you have is yourself. So like, you keep trying to perfect the card and try to make it right. And you know, the things that like the casual fan won't even notice, like me personally, I'll, I'll lose a night of sleep over something, something tiny. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I still don't have like an ironclad card and we're, you know, a mere few weeks away at this point because it's just, you know, I, I knew it was going to be competition going into that weekend. I didn't know it was going to be competition like this. Like, uh, do you happen to know what the count is for the amount of shows at this point? It's it's very high. I know that. I mean, it's definitely more than 30. Um, l- luck- luckily for me, I don't have any competition, so... Make sure everyone just buys those Black Label Pro tickets. There's nothing else going on. <laughs> well, oh, man, and it's funny because, like, I tried to strategically plan it. So, like, I had a nice gap. Uh, and uh, just based on – I did so much research based on, like, years prior. And, like, I'm, like, I'm like trying to moneyball this whole thing to where I'm, like, analyzing the last, like, three or four years of Mania Weekend. And I'm, like, this is the spot I want. I want midnight on Thursday night. I feel like that's – when I will be able to get the biggest kind of, uh, I, I guess, amount of potential interest. And then, like, you know, uh, the time has to be changed for various reasons. Now, uh, Impact Wrestling is running head to head. And, you know, not to mention that there's shows at 8 p.m. And it's not like 
you know, Orlando or New Orleans, which those were kind of spread out. But, you, you know, you're looking at a you were looking at a half hour probably to get from place to place. And these shows are spread out from from Queens to, you know, to, to Jersey, all over New Jersey. And uh, it's it, it, it's getting pretty stressful to try to coordinate just already you know what i mean and, and it's like we're not even gotta, there yet you gotta take into consideration traffic too because like you know like i'm sure all of us are using google maps or whatever to kind of like see like oh it's only 35 minutes away but like that weekend everyone's gonna be there so it's just gonna be hell you know, and tra- like so i i know that you're kind of just outside of chicago so maybe you're a little bit more familiar with big cities than i am like cleveland is like a small big city so like uh, there's public transportation, but like nobody uses it. You know what I mean? Like we have a train, it's yeah. called the rapid. It goes like, I don't know. It, it doesn't go that many places. It's, uh, you know, we have a bus system that, you know, I've never, I've never used. So public transportation is like a total foreign language to me being from Cleveland. And, you know, I'm trying to talk to, you know, people that are from, are from the, you know, the area and trying to get an idea. And it's just like, you know, the, oh yeah, you know, the, there's a subway, there's a train, there's a boat, there's you know, taxis, there's Ubers, and it's just like, uh, it, it's a lot of information to try to juggle around in your head for just trying to promote a fucking indie wrestling event for two and a half hours. Yeah, like, and I went to the WrestleMania like that was, it was maybe twenty seven or twenty eight. I don't remember which one. Uh, that was in New York before. And like, this wasn't a thing. Like there wasn't a lot of indie shows out there. There were, you know, like a few, like ring of honor and all that stuff. So, so we didn't have anything like that going on. And now it's like, you know, like, yeah, I'm used to all the public transportation in Chicago. I could get from my house, you know, and, and go to the train station there and, and ride the train into Chicago and then, you know, get anywhere I need to with public transportation. That's an option. Yeah, in Cleveland, it's like it's something that's just totally foreign for me, and it's just like the the other thing is like uh, my big worry right now is like okay, I'm booking these people and yes. they have shows all over, and I don't know because uh, here's a big here's a big shock that a lot of uh, independent wrestlers are uh, kind of like need every little detail mapped out for them. So it's like, okay, I'm booking these people and they know that they have to be at this show at this time, but like, do they know how they're getting from point A to point B back to, you know, back to point A again or wherever they're staying? Uh, So I feel like that's going to turn into probably a disaster as well. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's something that I'm starting to think of. Because we don't just have to take into consideration the fans making their way there. We have to take into consideration the wrestlers getting there too. That's that's why there's you know at least a few wrestlers on my show that i think are only working my show like i don't see any other manny fernandez advertised though just because i know he's going to get there right and you know i feel like there's a lot of that for me but then there's a lot of that not for me because as much as i want to provide like a traditional aw show like i understand that i i have to put something like put stuff down on paper that is going to be intriguing and you know like I have Scott Steiner, but he's like, I, I can't even get a read on him. Like he'll text me back every two weeks and I'm just like, he's like, well, you know, I got a couple offers and it's just like, dude, like I got to book your fucking flight. Like what's, what's going on? Uh, so, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty much a big, a, a big fear for 
you know, promoters like you and I who, you know, we're not, we're, we're not the Joey Janela spring break. That's like a sure thing or a ring of honor or, or, or something like that to where, uh, you know, we're kind of like in a situation where like every ticket, every ticket sale is, is making or breaking the, uh, you know, the whole thing, uh, which is, which is a pretty scary bet because, uh, for what it's going to cost to do this show, like I could probably run AIW for months off of. Oh, I know for sure. BLP, same thing. It's like, you know, it's, it's, we are taking a gamble to try making this work. And like, that's why we're, that's why we chose to do the collective is kind of like togetherness of all of us doing, doing the kind of, you know, kind of taking everyone on, not necessarily taking them on, but you know, like doing our own thing. And yeah, like, like not taking them on, but it's like a united front. We are a bunch of companies that don't do this every year. Let's, you know, bound together and try to pull as much as possible. And it's, it's difficult. You know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, fans aren't. So some fans have that mentality of "I'm just going to the collective and that's it." But then other fans are like, "Well, I want to pick and choose, and I want to go to this one, and I want to go to that one." And uh, you know, that's not to mention all the WWE fucking things that are be go- oh, going yeah. on that weekend, uh, and you know, the the podcast and live shows and all that other stuff. There, so that, you were you were just talking about wrestling shows. I mean, yeah, there's a ton of live podcasts, live. You know, hey, go to you know Times Square and meet blah blah blah. And I, and I don't want to use this time to promote any of that, to be perfectly honest. But, uh, you know, the, this is just kind of giving you guys a, an inside look at, you know, two different promoters with, you know, just probably, you know, totally different uh, ideas of what this what this weekend is going to be. And, uh, you know, w- w- just, you know, our perspectives going into it and the, the fear that the fear that is really kind of taking over this whole this whole plan, because I thought about it the other day and it's just like you know, when we had to change the time and all this other stuff. And it's just like, you know, I'm in, you know, I'm in too deep at this point. I've already crossed the point of no return. Like it's, so it's, I got to stop thinking about all the what ifs and I just got to focus on like, let's get through it and let's try to make it work. Yep. And the the way it's going to make it work is, you know, we definitely need help from fans that are going to be in the area and uh, to come and support these shows, you know, like there's plenty of sure things that are, that are going on WrestleMania weekend. Uh, I would think that AIW and black label pro black label pro are two of the things that aren't sure things as much as I would like to have an ego about how great AIW is or whatever. I, I know the reality is that, you know, we're probably a little bit down the totem pole as far as what people need to see that weekend or you know on the on the depth chart of what they want to do and uh you know i i just i hope that uh people can listen to this and understand that every little bit of support for you know the companies especially at the collective uh is is greatly needed because we all kind of took a leap of faith in you know going with game changer and you know, kind of attaching ourselves to the to the spring break show that was, you know, it, that's kind of a sure thing, but it, that doesn't mean that we're going to be a sure thing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I mean, I'm right before the the Friday Joe Janela spring break, and I'm, you know, I'm. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm hoping people come out, you know, early and come come see our show before that. But you know, I don't know that. It's just you, you and I are both similar in ways of like we're willing to put different stuff out there, you know, a kind of an alternative. And, but also at the end of the day, it's just wrestling. And, you know, I had this, I had this conversation with, um, 
with Hornswoggle the other day Andy and Ethan Page in like a group text and uh, you know I was going over what my ideas were and you know they were kind of uh, you know trying to talk me out of some things and agreeing with some things and I said you know uh, I said for better or for worse I know what I need to do but for better or for worse I want to try to present as close to a traditional AIW show as I can and if I'm going down I'm going to go down doing what I do I'm not going to you know go down by booking the the five guys that are doing 20 shows that weekend uh, I'm going to go down and I'm going to try to offer something different and if people aren't with it then people aren't with it you know and i have to i have to accept that as a you know as a promoter as a creative person uh you know that's that's for me to kind of uh you know swallow that pill but you know i i I said i i want to present what i want to present because if i went out there and i booked all the guys that are already out there doing every single show already uh that wouldn't be what what i want to be and that wouldn't be an aiw show one of the good things I think we have going for us is like we are lower in cost than a lot of the shows, you know, that weekend. So it's like, you know, that makes a, a good option without, you know, killing your wallet too. But it's, but we're not putting out crap either. Like it's, you know, you're getting good stuff for, you know, not that much money. And that's, but like, that little bit of money that we're asking for, you know, to, to come to our shows, like it makes such a difference. Every ticket makes a difference. Yeah. I mean, I tried to, I tried to price my show like accordingly. Like I do have some like higher tier talent, like a Scott Steiner, but like I wasn't going out there with these big gigantic ticket prices either. You know, I tried to make it like Jeff Jarrett told me once, you know, you want to try to make it uh, a ticket price to where every kind of demographic of and in, in income can can attend your events, and that kind of that kind of stuck with me. So, you know, obviously, you know, uh, the general mission is higher than what a regular general mission would be, but you kind of have to look at the market and uh, see what everyone else is doing. And you know, our our ticket prices are are lower than most of the. You know, most of the other locations, you know, at the collective, they're they're lower than you know if you went to some of the other you know places that are spread out throughout the city. I would say we are both bottom twenty percent on pricing. Yeah, like as far as you know, like affordability, yes. uh, and uh, you know, it, it, it's just it's just pretty crazy. I, I guess you know we could sit and debate this the you know this thing forever, but. Uh, you know, I, I guess let me ask you a little bit more about Black Label Pro. Um, you know, what is you you know your background in wrestling? I know some people might not be super familiar with. Uh, yeah, I I had a company back in 2007 when I was like in my early 20s called Fight Sports Midwest, and we ran a couple of shows back then. And then, how, so how many shows did you guys do? Because I like that's something that I specifically remember. Um, you know, kind of being the new hot company for for a little bit to where you know you were bringing in lots of you know lots of the upper tier indie names and and doing a lot of creative things at the time yeah it was like at the time i think that that formula was working was like the super indie type thing and um you know both shows did did fairly well at least but it was like you know i did the second show and then that was in may of 2007 and like right around that time like my mom was uh diagnosed with breast cancer so like i kind of like just 
you know, was like, oh, I'll do, I'll come back to it eventually because I need to focus on this. And I'm, you know, I was like, you know, 22, 23 years old, really nervous about it. And Light, it, life just happened. Yeah. And then it took me 10 years to get back into it. And I was, you know, I was kind of away from wrestling, like not even really watching much of it at all. And then, you know, I would go to shows and I was like, you know, and I've, I've told you before, this podcast is like one of the things that kind of got me, like got, got my mind going of like, you know, you guys are talking about the chaos of going into it, but like, I love that chaos. Like I like, it's fun. And that, and that kind of blows my mind. And that's kind of what developed our friendship as you started reaching out to me and talking to me about, uh, you know, listening to the podcast and, uh, how much it kind of influenced you, which you were like, you were one of the first people that ever did that. And like, it's kind of crazy that I've heard that from other promoters and things, uh, you know, since then, but you, you were kind of the first one that I was just like, uh, kind of gave like that positive reinforcement that, you know, we were doing this, like we were doing this for promoters, so to speak. Uh, it, it was kind of like, uh, the whole point of this podcast is like somebody, like I met with a guy that was like, um, super, like he was super involved with like venture capitalists and, um, you know, like angel investors and things like that. He was a guy that was involved with, uh, wrestling way back in the day. And, you know, we started talking and he started like saying like, uh, you know, like he was pitching me like business ideas, you know, and he's like, well, why don't you do like paid webinars for promoters and stuff like that? And I just thought that that sounded like, uh, way too, I guess like out there to, or, or just, uh, I, I don't even know what the word is, but. Uh, over ambitious on his behalf to think that somebody would want to pay to have me like, you know, tell them what to do because uh, anyone that is an independent wrestling promoter knows that like there's really no right and wrong formula. It's just kind of uh, a lot of like putting out fires and um, you know it, it, oh, be, yeah. being able to adapt. So instead of like we took kind of his idea and then Mike Burns also kind of pushed me. Uh, to do a podcast like he was the one that first presented the podcast idea so I kind of took like that guy's idea and Mike Burns idea and I you know we kind of formed them into let's do a podcast about being wrestling promoters and what goes into it and not like uh, interview people so, uh, sort of thing and uh, we were doing it and like you know we were getting downloads and stuff but uh, you know the the feedback was kind of you know non-existent I guess so uh, you were like the first guy that reached out and was like uh, you know, just talking about the podcast and, um, you know, how much it's kind of influenced you and kind of pushed you to get back yeah, into just, wrestling. Just, just kind of to explain, like, it's like the format of the show isn't like really to teach, I guess. Like it was more of like almost like a diary for you guys of like everything, like all the stories and like, but the real stories. And we all go through that same type of shit. Like it's like you know, some of this stuff is really scary and like you guys never shied away from that stuff. Like, and you'd laugh it off of like these terrible things of like, Oh my gosh, you know, I have $20 in the bank account, but like it's happened to everyone and it's, and it's scary, but like it really prepared me. Like it really got me ready of like, Hey, I need to make sure this is good. I need to make sure this is good. Yeah. And like, that's the thing is like, you know, I, I call this podcast is kind of like my, like I don't have to pay like a, like a psychiatrist or whatever, you know, like this is my therapy is getting in and being able to just express everything that's, that's going on for better, for worse. Uh, it, because the majority of my life is, uh, AIW and independent wrestling. And, you know, it's like, uh, it, it's hard for like civilian type people to understand that, or it's hard to like 
have a girlfriend that understands that sometimes. So it's like this podcast is like my kind of outlet for that. And, you know, if our whole point was to, you know, if, you know, if we could, uh, you know, tell people these stories that are involved in wrestling and give them something to relate to, like that was really the purpose, but it was kind of like a weekly diary of everything that's going on. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. Like, I mean, still to this day, I mean, you know, I run my own shows, I do my own thing, but like, you know, there's so many guys that I met today. It's like, I already knew them that I never, because they're on the podcast. Like I went and shook the Duke's hand today and I was excited about it. I was like, that's the, that's the Duke from, from this podcast. This is crazy. And like, it's like, but, but you learn things and that's the whole thing. It's like, I know I can't be the only company that this has kind of formed from, from knowing this stuff. Like, and not everyone will admit that either, but it's like, uh, you know, it's it's the truth. Like, in your, you'll never give yourself the credit for it, but it's it just is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As you see, somebody just hand me an envelope full of money, so that's a good that's a good day. That's a good day so far. But <laughs> yeah, that is that's always good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it just like I feel like you know a lot of promoters out there, and the thing the the thing that kind of Mike Burns, you know, kind of. Uh, I, I guess got me got us really kind of intrigued by it is for the longest time, no matter what happened, the promoter was always to blame by default because wrestling promoters had a stigma of being like these like carny con men rip off artists. So like no matter what happened, it was always going to be the promoter's fault. And it, the truth is, is it, a lot of times it's not the promoter's fault and it's really, you know, the immaturity of a wrestler or, you know, the, the fact that, uh, you, you know, something goes terribly wrong that's out of your control. And it, it allowed us to be able to to tell these stories and give our side of it because, you know, if, if this was 2008 and uh, somebody no-showed your event, uh, somebody's going on MySpace and saying, like, oh, that promoter probably didn't pay him, didn't buy his flight. Oh, man, I could, Live Journal would be lit up. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. It's like forever, um, you know, people, people, the big misconception in independent wrestling is promoters have the power. Like, it's the complete opposite. In independent wrestling, the wrestlers have all the power, especially the upper tier wrestlers. And, you know, as a promoter, you're just kind of, trying to you know you're happy to be able to book some of these guys so you can kind of uh you know make ends meet and you know bet on the next month or whatever and like there's not this like it's not like how it was in you know the 70s or whatever to where it's like well where are these big bad promoters just like getting rich it's just like it's quite the opposite to where like everybody at the event gets paid typically except for the wrestling promoter and uh, that's the promoters really, I felt, did not have a voice for whatever reason, because you had your, you know, you did have your horror story promoters that would take up the headlines and things. And that kind of spoke for everybody as far as, you know, the the world that, that didn't know that much about wrestling promoters. And now, I mean, I know you've talked about it on the podcast a bunch, but like now that we're in like the contract era of like, you know, we... We can't really, you know, I know me personally, my my mania show, like different contracts have come into effect and it's kind of, you know, it's definitely shaken my show up. It's it's a different card than it was, but like it's like you said, the whole thing is just putting out fires and like that's that's what makes you, 
you know, whether or not you could do this or not is if you could, you know, work under stress and, and make something that's, that's good out of what you have. And it's really like, it's really like an adapt or die mentality. You have, you have to have as a wrestling promoter, you have to, you have to be willing to adapt or, you know, you're definitely going to die. And, um, you know, I learned early on, you know, when I was younger and, uh, you know, early twenties promoting, it was like, I would have this big grand vision and I want to book this show for, you know, I want to book this storyline for a year and a half. And, you know, all these things would go wrong and I would get angry and then it would cause like stress and, uh, cause like tension with talents and stuff. And I've learned throughout the years that it's, you have to just, you cannot, you know, how I thought in 2005 or whatever is probably nowhere near how I think in 2019, because I've learned that you have to be ready to adapt uh, and you have to be flexible on your ideas. You can't be like, this is my vision. I'm not straying away from this vision because it's impossible to do, especially now in the, you know, in the contract era, you don't even know who's going to be available in a month. Yeah. The, the, the stress that goes into promoting, like it's, it's so much less now because like I, I feel more comfortable with it, but like the first year of black label, I literally gained like 75, 80 pounds just because like I would stress eat like every single night because something would change and I would just freak out about it and just, you know, it's, it's different. It's different now. Cause it's like, there's, that's the one thing that we both have that like, you know, some people aren't paying attention to, but it's good that we are like, there's so many good guys that are actually out there right now. Like I just, I just did it in February. I had, I had a tryout show to get my eyes on some new people. You're doing one right now to get some, your eyes on some new people. Just it all. Yeah, you you have to, and you, you know that's to. the thing. It's like uh, some somebody has to somebody has to try with new guys because all the old guys, you know, not even like you know really old guys, but all the current guys are getting picked up and. There's, you know, I say it, there's like no middle class and indie wrestling talent anymore. It's like, you know, it's like great guys and a bunch of good guys that nobody's ever heard of. And it's like uh, somebody has to be that bridge. And sometimes being that bridge sucks. Uh, and I always say, you know, like, like AW makes them and somebody else takes them. And that, that, that's just how it's been for the, for the last few years. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm becoming to get okay with that. Uh, there was a time where I wasn't that wasn't okay with that. And it would, you know, it'd be frustrating because, you know, you would see like, uh, like a Gabe Sapolsky go around and he would poach every single good guy from every single area. And then all of a sudden Gabe Sapolsky is responsible for every bit of their success. And like, he kind of would rewrite history on, you know, the fact that these guys are having these great matches in AIW or, you know, these, these other places, uh, for years and they've developed, they cultivated this fan base for themselves. And then, you know, all of a sudden they're in, you know, Dragon Gate USA or they're in Evolve. And, uh, you know, now it's the history has been rewritten that Gabe has, you know, he, he has molded them from scratch. And this is, you know, th- now this is the next big guy because of Gabe's genius. And uh, that used to really frustrate me. And uh, Gabe and I don't, don't get along because of that, because, you know, we like, we did have some, uh, we we did have words over the years, and uh, now it's kind of like that's just how that's just how it's going to be, and I can't change that, and I can't change that perception to draw, you know, to make anybody else understand that this guy came from AIW or this guy came from Black Label Pro or wherever, 
I, you just got to be, you, you know, you just got to be ready to be that bridge and go find the next guy and, and, and keep the train moving. Because if you get set in that mindset of like, oh, you know, now what am I going to do? Like, this sucks, like gloom and doom, which I do feel gloom and doom about the state of independent wrestling, but that also isn't going to stop me from trying to, to push through it. See, I, I'm the opposite about the whole gloom and doom thing. Like, I see a lot in indie wrestling right now. There's actually, there's so many people I would like to use right now that I, I don't have the room for them. But, like, it's, it's also, it's scary to, to try booking ahead even six months now. Oh yeah, absolutely. because like because you have no idea. You have like you know the like you'll have you'll have titles on people and you're like all right well this person's gonna you know this person's gonna get it next but now you don't know because like someone that's even kind of good you have no idea where they're gonna be in two months. Right, because it's just uh, the the turnover has been so quick the last few years and uh, you know it's fu- it, it's funny that you said like you you gained weight the first year of Black Label Pro like I could show you like over the years like my weight fluctuation and you can really tell when AIW was like really about to go down because like there's like there's like a, a a year and a half or two years where like. I get up to like I got up to like almost 300 pounds because it was just like so stressful and like uh you know like you don't know what's going to happen and like you're just like sitting in like these rooms trying to figure out how to how to work your way out of you know the the wall that you've been backed up against and uh, you know especially at those times not having resources really or you know anything it it it, it gets pretty difficult at times yeah, just just kind of like an an example of like how different it is now. Like my original, my original, uh, you know, big match for my Mania show was was to be Brian Alvarez and Filthy Tom Lawler against Marco Stunt and PCO. And, yeah, and that, that totally and, got and, fucked. And in the span of like one month, first uh, first Marco got hurt. Which okay, it's gonna you know Marco got hurt that that really stinks you know I hope he gets better as soon as possible, and okay so someone else in PCO against uh, Filthy and Brian, and then PCO gets signed to Ring of Honor so okay he's gone now so all right Brian and Filthy against someone else and then Filthy has his MLW deal which you know that's fine uh, so now it's Brian against a mystery opponent which you know it's. It's got got to be a mystery because you don't know who's going to be at this point. Yeah. Well, no, we we had you know like you have an idea. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. We you know we'll joke about it. Like we don't want to announce anyone because we're afraid we'll lose someone again. And so like I guess that's something to talk about. Like you're like the first guy that takes the leap of faith on PCO. You know, going back to my like no people really don't get credit. And then here you are like you know you plan like I I assume that like. PCO was like a, a big piece. a big piece of why you're like fuck yeah I'm running WrestleMania weekend like yes. PCO's blowing up right now like yes because yes. people don't understand that this decision was made in like the summertime yes like, you it know was. like so you know you're looking at a long 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 time of like fuck yeah like PC like PCO is just like really just starting to click and you're like in, by in, WrestleMania in weekend th- you're like fuck yeah dude the whole PCO growth. Like they happened in less than a year. Like I booked him like in November of 2017. He came in in January, and then Janella saw him like on that show, booked him for spring break, and then all of a sudden he was off to the races. Yeah, and then so now you know what I mean. Like uh, 
that's got to be like a big fucking like blow to you because like your your bet it's like you're betting everything on the PCO horse and like now he he just he gets scooped up and there's not there's nothing that can be done because we can't compete with like these contract offers. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But to the credit of PCO, he is Ring of Honor contracted now, but he still like will retweet all the BLP stuff and stuff like. So he like, you know, he he definitely gives us credit for you know helping him out and stuff like that, and he he tries to do what he can to help us out. So, you know, nothing but good things about that guy. Yeah, I mean, he was a great dude. Like, I've only I only got to uh, really talk to him once because the first time we booked him, I was in the hospital, and then we brought him back for Russell Rager. And then, you know, every time we had more plans for him, you know, he was booked and then boom, he's, you know, he's gone. Um, so I guess, you know, we'll start winding this down. Um, so how are you feeling right now at this point as we head into Jersey City in April? Um, like, I feel confident for where my tickets are at currently, but I mean, obviously I want them to be you know, I want everyone to see the show. It's like not even necessarily the money at this point. Like, obviously, that's going to help me out. Like, and it's going to help the show out. But like, I just want people to see our product because, you know, like I said, we're a pretty young company. So the more the more people that see it, the better it's going to be for us to grow more. So that's that's what I'm kind of hoping this is for us is like a bit of a stepping stone. Yeah, that's one thing that I kind of looked at this opportunity as, and I don't know if if you looked at it as well, but I kind of looked at this as like a paid infomercial like we're you know obviously the rental Absolutely. and everything is like a lot of money but it's like okay like let's let's buy the infomercial time and let's see if anybody watches um and it's like it's a gamble and it's uh, like we've been saying and uh it could go really good or it could go really bad or it could just be like uh okay everything stays the same but uh you know a, a, another thing is is uh, you know these shows will be streaming on iPay-Per-View. There is a, a package that you could buy on Fight TV where buy it for ninety nine bucks. You can watch every single show at the Collective, which uh, you know that's what is it like eleven shows? Yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah, I think it's eleven shows for ninety nine bucks. You could watch every single show nonstop live uh, from, as many times as you want to. Yeah, the free you know unlimited replays with the ninety nine dollars. So even if you buy it and you know you're not awake or you're at work for some of the shows if you're not going to mania weekend you can go back whenever you want and watch those shows and that's the big thing is we want people to see these shows we want uh you know we we want to we they say rest you know you gain an independent wrestling fan one fan at a time and that's really what we want to do we want you know we're we're both of us, as well as all the other companies at the collective, are kind of throwing ourselves out there, and you know, it's 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 a very vulnerable thing to kind of like throw yourselves to the wolves like this, and uh, it's like sink or swim. Like let's let's see what happens, but uh, you know, we really, really, really do appreciate the support of the whole collective idea because oh yeah, that's you know that's really what it's all about is showing the kind of unity and the brotherhood of. Uh, not only indie wrestling, but like the indie wrestling promoters kind of banding together and, you know, just throwing ourselves out there for everybody. Uh, when we, we aren't sure things, we don't have big money backing us. We don't have a WWE endorsement. Uh, you know, we, we, we don't have, we don't have another television company, you know, backing us or promoting us. It's, it's kind of just, this is like the real deal, true and gritty independent wrestling that's going on that weekend. 
Yeah, it's like like the collective aspect of it. It's it's good to have people to lean on because like a lot of times something will sound good in your head and you're like, oh, this is maybe a good idea. Maybe it's a bad idea. I'm not sure. And it's kind of good to bounce ideas off people because they're going through the same thing. So it's it's kind of kind of like oh hey what are you doing oh i'm doing this like oh maybe i'll try something like that it's it's hard to do it that way and kind of circling back to that uh fight tv thing what i've been what i've been telling people is there's a lot of people especially listening to this that don't get to go to mania weekend and this is kind of their way for you know on a budget for 100 bucks you could kind of live that weekend because you're going to see so much stuff you know, and you can watch yeah. it at your own pace. And, uh, you know, it's Mania Weekend is crazy. You know, my Mania Weekends have been documented on this on this podcast. But, you know, if you can't be there in the thick of it, like you could still enjoy everything because there's going to probably be a diamond in the rough on every single one of these shows that's going to blow your mind because uh, everyone is, you know, everyone's bringing the big guns out as much as they can within their, yep. you know, within their, you know, their resources. And everyone is, you know, looking at this is, you know, this is like everyone's barely legal. You know, this is everyone's ECW first pay-per-view to where everyone is throw, you know, throwing it all out there and seeing mm-hmm. what sticks. And, uh, you know, that's really the benefit of the Fight TV package or, you know, the general admission uh, package for the entire collective uh, where you can come and attend every single show. Yep, see uh, it live. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I think it's, you know, there, there's great options. We all together as promoters try to come up with uh, a way to make it affordable. We all definitely took gigantic ticket sales cuts and streaming cuts uh, to make it affordable for fans, uh, for, you know, for the benefit of the fans, because that's what this whole thing is about is to get fans and er, make fans and get as many eyes on our products as possible uh, to where it is about the money. We all kind of, you know, and it's hard to get, you know, uh, all these wrestling promoters to agree to give up like such a gigantic chunk of, you know, their ticket sales or their streaming rights or whatever you want to call it. And uh, that's what I like about the collective is everybody, you know, went in and uh, with the mentality of like, fuck yeah, like we're together. Uh, let's let, let's all, you know, make this for the fans more than about, you know, trying to get rich. Yeah, absolutely. Like those those people that have those general admission because the VIP ones, you know, sold out pretty quick. And these GA ones, like people have an opportunity to see such different shows too. Like ev- you know, everyone is doing like a a different type of thing. So that's you know, that's kind of the benefit of that. It's not the same show. Like that's that's one of the reasons why I started promoting cuz like I felt like everyone was doing the same super indie show and like there's more more to wrestling than that. And this you could see, you know, every type of wrestling. It's it's awesome. Yeah, and uh you know, please, you know, please check it out whether it's coming, you know, live and you know, buying the GA package or, you know, checking out as many collective shows as possible. Um, or, you know, if you're buying the Fight TV package, uh, which is just incredibly affordable if you're going to stream it live. Um, I guess, we, you know, we'll, we'll wrap this up and, uh, you know, we're going to get back out and uh, take a look at the, the rest of the AW tryout that's going on out there. Uh, so I guess uh, until uh, Jersey City, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Anything you got to plug? Yeah, yeah, just uh, follow our Twitter account, at BeLabelPro, because all of our information, all the matches, all the stuff, and, you know, check out our show. Uh, Our tickets are at BLPWrestling.com. All right, thanks.